Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. We talk a lot about oil prices on this podcast, but we've never really talked to an oil producer about how the industry actually works. Brookside Energy is an ASX-listed oil and gas producer, but its operations are very much focused in the US. David Prentice is the Managing Director of Brookside Energy and the perfect person to give us a 101 on the industry. David, welcome to Fear and Greed. Uh, nice to be with you. Now, I want to get into Brookside, but can we just take a step back? We talk about oil and gas together, right? Obviously, very different commodities, though, energy commodities, but different things. Why is it that we talk about oil and gas? So I guess, you know, specific to Brookside and specific to the onshore US patch that we operate in, typically the oil and gas comes out of the formation together. So explaining it in very, very simple terms, if you've got liquid with the gas suspended in the liquid and you you start to bring that to surface, the the gas bubbles uh, expand and help to bring the uh, the liquid to the surface. And, uh, and so uh, there's a nice symbiotic relationship there between the two and then you know what we do and what you know most most onshore US oil and gas producers do is separate the gas from the liquids on the location the oil gets trucked to a refinery that's usually very very nearby and the raw gas goes into a pipeline and and, and usually the natural gas liquids which are the, a high value pro- product in that stream gets stripped out at that at that point and the gas goes into the in the US into the national grid to be used and uh, and the liquids get sold. So um, that's a very high level uh, description of... Uh, yeah, no, no, that's that's perfect. So an operation like Brookside, the costs are in, I mean, there seems to be lots of costs there, but is it mostly in finding the oil and gas? Is it in extracting it? Is it in distribution? Like how do the economics of an oil company work? Yeah, so if you look at it, you know, the most costly part really is in the in what I call the engineering part of the business so the drilling yeah. drilling the wells to extract the oil and gas is uh, is the most capital intensive part of the business the prospecting side of the business which I think is you know arguably the most rewarding particularly for the small you know EMP companies uh, you know you can do that on a relatively modest budget that's really about you know, good science, good people, good ideas, uh, and testing all of those things. Um, but once you get into production, you know, drilling these wells are typically, you know, eight to ten million dollars each to drill. So you know, you're, you're starting to spend big, big licks of capital. But once the wells are down, if you're in the right play, which we are, in, in a good in a good area where the rocks are, uh, uh, you know, where the reservoir quality is high, and you're not producing any impurities, you've got a good, a good high value stream, yeah. then the operating costs are actually very low. So once the well's down and producing, you know, the operating costs are, are very low. So, you know, in, in our case, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, significantly less than $10 per barrel of oil equivalent It would be our, our ongoing sustaining kind of uh, operating costs. So there's a lot of margin there when once you get there. Yeah. Okay. So Brookside Energy, where are you? Where are you operating? What mine or mines do you have? Yeah, so we are located in in a place called the Anadarko Basin, which is in Oklahoma. We're about uh, two hours drive south of Oklahoma City, quite close to the the Oklahoma-Texas state line. And uh, this is an area that's had, you know, 100 years of oil and gas exploration. It's a very well, geologically well understood area. And and really what companies like us and, and some of the other bigger players that are active in the area are really doing is 
sifting through a hundred years of, of old data to look for areas that, that, that have been underexploited. So where we can go in with new technology and really sort of uh, recover oil and gas that previously wouldn't have been recovered by the old timers. Stay with me, David. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to David Prentice, Managing Director of Brookside Energy. The oil and gas, we talk about Shell, ExxonMobil, uh, Total, some of these massive companies. We talk about the energy, the big guys here, Woodside, Santos. How do juniors like yourselves compete in that? Is it about what you just described, going through data and finding oil and gas that may have been left behind? I'm just interested in how, why there are so many companies. Yeah, look, I think it's it's the similar story to what you would see in the West Australian, you know, hard rock business. You know, I, I guess, you know, the typical role of the small junior companies has been really to do the work around, you know, that, that prospecting and proving up uh, side of things. And, and that's typically smaller, more nimble companies are better at doing that than the bigger companies. So the flip side of that, of, that of course, is that once you do make a a large discovery and you're going into more of the kind of the manufacturing part of the business, then obviously these big companies bring to the table some capital efficiencies around, yep. you know, their yep. cost yep. of capital, their access to, to equipment, their buying power, all those things. So so there's a place for everybody in the in the market and there's often crossover between, between the two. But, you know, generally speaking, it's a lot easier for a small company to have an idea quietly go about, you know, acquiring the rights to the land that you need to test that idea without sort of inflating asset prices too quickly. You know, you can imagine if you're a farmer in Oklahoma and, you know, a truck pulls up in your driveway and it's got uh, Exxon written on the door, you're going to think that you've won lotto and prices jump up very quickly. Whereas, you know, a little little white truck turns up with Brookside on the door, then people are like, you know, okay, well, these guys are having a go and let's uh, have a conversation. So I think that's the, the general description of how that all works. Okay. So in terms of the challenges, and I'm coming towards ESG, environmental challenges, just park how long oil and gas is going to be around for. That's a debate for others to have. That's fine. But just in terms of getting the oil out and oil and gas out, separating it, shifting it, all that, how much better is the industry at that than it was in environmental terms? So look, enormously better is, is the answer to that. And, you know, it, it's frustrating for me sometimes when I, when I talk about this subject because I don't think the industry does a particularly good job at explaining how we go about our business and, and, yeah. and, and the safeguards that we put in place. And it's really useful to tell a story about the way we operate in Oklahoma and this is the same for people operating in Texas or, or uh, you know, Colorado, wherever you might operate. Typically, you are operating on privately owned land where the farmer owns the rights to the to the oil and gas. In other words, they get they're the beneficiaries of the royalties that come from the production of oil and gas. And you don't get to go and explore on his land without um, negotiating with him, you know, a lease to do that. And the terms of that lease are, are negotiated typically, you know, what what I call the kitchen table leasing. So you know, you're sitting down at their kitchen table and you're discussing how you might go about exploring, how you might go about drilling, what kind of safeguards you're going to put in place. And ultimately, these people live there and yep. and they've probably got sons and daughters or relatives that work in the oil and gas industry. They understand the industry very well. And so if you have a poor reputation for your environmental 
you know, social and, and governance sort of, you know, if, if you've got a poor reputation in, the, in that area, everybody knows. And so yep. you just simply don't get a lease <laughs> because, but they, you know, they just not, they won't let you in their front gate. So, so it's kind of hardwired into the system to say, well, you need to protect the environment. You need to, to have safe operating conditions for your workers. You need to do all of these and you need to look after your local community because you're going to be working with those people. Chances are you know some of them, right? So so it's sort of hardwired into the industry that we, we have to really protect the environment, protect our people and, and behave responsibly in producing what is a very important energy source for, for the, the local community. What about oil prices. So a couple of years ago, they were negative, whatever that means. I suppose you're paying someone to store oil because there's so much of it. That's correct. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then then you get to, you know, $100 plus, $100 US plus a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're relatively high on a historical standard now that they have come off from where they were. How does a company manage kind of the, the ups and downs of oil prices, particularly say someone like Brookside, Brookside Energy, you're doing your thing, yet you don't know whether in a year's time you're going to get $30 or $100. No, so that's a great, that's a great question. So, you know, I think where the industry lost its way in what I would call the 20-teens was, you know, people, you know, felt like growth for growth's sake was, was the right yeah. way to go and the market was rewarding companies for growth for growth's sake and people lost sight of of the economics. If you go back to the 80s and the 90s when prices were more volatile perhaps and and there was a lot more privately run companies where the investment capital was a lot closer to the managers of those capital. In other words, yeah, people yeah. who were putting the capital in were a lot closer to the managers of the of the capital. Then I think people were really focused on on returns. You know, what what if I if I give you a dollar what am I going to get back? And I think we lost sight of that in the 20 teens, but we've we've firmly got a grasp on it now. And one of the things that we did, uh, you know, when we were doing our prospecting back in 2018, you know, we first started taking our leases in this area in the Anadarko Basin. We we said, look, we want to we want to look for rock that's going to deliver, you know, a 10% rate of return when the oil price is $40 and the gas price is $2.50. Yep. And if we can do that, if we can find that kind of rock, then, then you know, to some degree, we will be immune from some of that volatility. And so, so that's the way to manage, manage that. And that's not really rocket science. It's just something that the industry kind of lost, <laughs> lost focus on, I guess. And we're, we're firmly back in that, in that camp now where, you know, people are looking for a return on their investment. And in order to do that, you need to have an eye on those metrics. Oh, we are totally out of time, but I'm loving this because I'm learning a lot. David, are you a geologist by any chance, by trade or not? No, no, I'm a, I'm a finance uh, person by uh, trade, but I've been working uh, long enough in the in the oil patch to have a, a reasonable grasp on the engineering and geology. Uh, yes. No, I remember uh, uh, the Rio, Tom Albanese, I think he was, the Rio Tinto boss many years ago. And I happened to be at a media lunch with him and he, he had this term, the natural optimism of a geologist. And it's always stuck with me because I think that's exactly yeah. what you need yeah. sometimes. David, thank you very much for talking to Fear and Greed. No, it was a pleasure and uh, thank, thanks for the time. That was David Prentice, Managing Director of Brookside Energy. This is the Fear and Greed Business Interview. We're not an investing podcast. In fact, if you're thinking about investing, we always recommend you go and get professional advice. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's best business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day. <laughs>